Um, so again, CBD is kind of like essential oils. There's some legitimate medicine in it. So there's some benefits to it. I, I think that people need to be careful. I think a lot of people are using it too frequently and abusing it. Hey, it's Adler. Every week I host and post a podcast with a different guest in a different location. This week's guest is April Jones, aka The Concoction Queen. She specializes in natural remedies of all kinds. She's a licensed neuromuscular therapist and she has a studio in Birmingham, Alabama called Silver Linings. April and I spoke at her country home in her living room with the doors and windows wide open. So you're going to hear the occasional car drive by and you might hear her dog coming in and out or snoring at one point, which is awesome. Uh, we're going to talk about everything from natural remedies to is DEET dangerous to is my deodorant poisoning me? Uh, what is CBD and does it work? And what are these essential oils that everybody is so crazy about? Here's April Jones. Okay, so essential oils is a is a distilled oil. Okay. There's the dog. <laughs> um, so I love essential oils and I use essential oils like in a few different products. I'm, I make some deodorants that have essential oils. I make a vapor stub that has them. Um, but I use minimal amounts. Um, I prefer to infuse my oils. Essential oils require a massive amount of plant material to create a very small batch of product okay so i feel that essential oils are abused mm. uh i don't know if you know but humans have the tendency to abuse things i have noticed that good or bad sure <laughs> and so there's been this craze for use of essential oils and a lot of people are using essential oils improperly yeah and so they are putting products into people's hands and they're smearing it on their babies, which they shouldn't be doing, or putting in the house all the time, which they shouldn't be doing, or rubbing on their counters all the time, which they shouldn't. So they're exposing themselves. And a lot of people don't need to be exposed to those things. Um, so when you don't have that knowledge or understanding, that can be kind of tricky. So um, like I said, I, I use them, but I prefer to keep it to a minimum. Um, we have a lot of great plants that are, uh, and I'll use the term medicinals lightly. Sure. Okay. The FDA does not condone, approve mm -hmm. of me referring to plants as medicine or mm. crafting medicine with mm -hmm. them. Right. Uh, that's what we call it in our house. You can call it whatever you want in your sure. house. Okay? In your own house. You in can my call it house, <laughs> it's medicine. Okay. So I like to infuse plant medicine. Um, so I'll use olive oil a good chunk of the time. Um, I use almond oil a lot as well, jojoba. You can infuse plant material in any oil for the most part, um, as long as there's no contraindications for blending something. And that's typically what I use in most of my products. So um, you, you infuse it. Infuse it, correct. And uh, you take a lot of times like, like an olive oil or a coconut oil, and then depending on what you want to use it for, that that is your base and then you infuse that oil with a another kind of plant right like in the window over there there's a couple of bottles yeah um you haven't really had a chance to walk into the kitchen yet but there's a window full of bottles so depending on what i'm going to be using oils 
what part of the body um, or if they're going to be ingested determines what kind of oil I'm going to use. Um, you're not going to use an almond oil if you're ingesting it. Um, you're not going to use a coconut oil if you're putting it on your face. So again, it just takes some know-how, right, um, and a little bit of understanding with what the properties are. Each one of those oils contains their own medicine as well. So depending on how you're going to use it is based, um, you know, that's how you base your oil. Um, and then you can do, all, I mean, it also depends if you're going to be using roots or stems or leaves. You can use flowers. I mean, you can use a broad, um, uh, you can use a broad assortment as far as the plant material itself to put it into the oil. Um, but again, it really just depends on what your game plan is. So you might not necessarily have one when you first start. Sure. Um, I didn't really have a game plan when I first started infusing oils. There were a couple of things I knew I wanted to use. And since then, it's like, oh, well, I actually want this part of the plant. So now I got to make sure that I harvest this so that I can make this. Um, but that just comes with that <laughs> just comes with time. Sure. And how long have you been uh, working concocting? Sure, uh, a concoction queen. So I've been concocting my whole life. Okay. Truly, um, I spent my childhood in the backyard gathering things and climbing into trees, and I had a little makeshift. I actually had two little makeshift kitchen areas in my yard and would smash things down and mix them and mash them. And that was fun to me. Yeah. And so now I get to do it for real. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. But as far as like officially, um, I guess maybe back in about 2012, 2013 was when I started getting a little more serious about the plants um, and felt called to work with them. And so that's kind of grown. And then the start of last year was when I formalized the Concoction Queen as an LLC. Cool. Um, just because I was starting to generate so many um, concoctions. Yeah, yeah. And sales and... It sells, yes. Yeah. And I wanted to do it proper. God says, give Caesar what Caesar's. And I didn't want anybody knocking on my door sure. from Caesar's house. So <laughs> I decided that I would do it that way so that I could honor the system. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why do you think there has been that gigantic explosion of essential oils and like people selling them, people using them? Because I mean, I, my mom would use, I think, peppermint oil on some of our undershirts as, you know, boys growing up. My older brother and I, our white under, our, the armpits on our white t shirts, we'd get them pretty yellow pretty quick sure. and they'd smell pretty bad yeah. almost immediately, you know, even after a quick, you know, after a wash. So she'd get this like, mixture of i think it was peppermint oil and something else and just spray it right on the armpits okay. before washing our clothes mm -hmm. and that really seemed to help and then she, and she would use it like like you were talking about um on countertops occasionally like granite countertops and stuff like that um but that was really it that i saw like growing up but then all of a sudden you just see it everywhere like people like friends of mine are now selling essential oils and yeah. stuff like that and it's everywhere everybody's using it everybody's talking about it right. so what happened what like what happened uh you know there's trends in market right sure, sure so i think we're moving out of essential oils we're moving into cannabis trend now yeah right so yeah, essential yeah. oils were the cure-all heal-all use-all yeah and unfortunately some of the essential oil companies have gotten into a little bit of trouble um, some for false claims. Sure. Uh, some because the FDA, let's face it, does not like them coming in on their coin. Right, totally. And then also um, because some were uh, unethically harvesting. Mm. Um, so it kind of 
that kind of put some shade on the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, again, people have kind of shifted gears and you're not going to hear as much about essential oils. You hear more about cannabis. And then after cannabis, the craze runs its course, then it'll move on to something else. Um, I think essential oils, because one, they most of them smell pretty good. There you go. Yeah. So if something's kind of like food, right? If it looks good, it smells good, and it tastes good, people want it. Yeah. Uh, essential oils, for the most part, smell good. Some of them taste good, and so people want it. And then when you go talking about all the medicinal properties of these plant constituents, and people are like, oh, well, I need some of that. So I think because people are are really looking for more natural alternatives to taking care of their home, taking care of their health, taking care of their bodies, the the essential oils are appealing. Uh, And there are some legitimate claims to that, right? But you can get some of the oils just by throwing, you can harvest peppermint from your yard and throw it in a pot of water and put a cap on it, you know, put a lid on it and and let that steep. You're still going to get those same oils. And then you could put that liquid into your wash with your clothes. Mm. And you're not using... A massive amount of plant material to create one you know fluid ounce as opposed to just grabbing a few from your yard and getting what you need mm-hmm. um, so I guess that's kind of where my soapbox is more than anything is that we run the risk of putting some of the plants that are heavily used to create a, the especially the popular oils right at risk yeah um, and people have done that throughout time with our plants ginseng is a great example and the plant will eventually start hiding itself and disappear uh and that could you know people will think oh we'll never run out of eucalyptus oil you keep raping all the trees you will mm-hmm. right or lavender you can garden it but then you're dealing with a whole nother set of issues right in order for people to to keep up with that production you can't fully do it organically right mm-hmm. um i mean maybe you could but you're going to spend it high quality lavender oil real high quality lavender oil for two ounces could cost you anywhere from 40 to 80 dollars mm-hmm. right so That's for like a tiny little for a tiny bottle vial. Uh, and i buy large bottles right i typically do whenever i purchase my oils i'm i'm buying 16 ounces well for me to get 16 ounces of high quality lavender oil is almost 200 dollars. yeah so but that bottle will last me a very 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 long time so you know if in order for people to keep up with that, you're putting higher demands on farmers, and then there's a level of expectation for a certain amount of purity, and it just it kind of creates this whole ridiculous cycle. When really, if you want lavender, grow it in your yard mm. and learn how to distill it yourself, or just infuse. You could simply infuse lavender oil right mm-hmm. into olive oil, and then it's not a distilled oil so that it's that pure heavy saturated lavender mm-hmm. but you still get all the medicine from mm-hmm. the plant and then you have a multifunctional oil that you can use for a broad range of applications and then you don't even have to thin it out with a carrier oil you've already done it by infusing it yeah. so um i don't i kind of went around the block there on that question but no no that's great i think that that's probably it more than anything it's just that it's it's something you know if i hand somebody in, uh, something this big and say put this on your temple because this is going to help with your headaches and they're like yeah well i've seen this oil my whole life is this all i need to do well the next thing you know 
because I can find this from anywhere to a health food store to Walmart and sometimes even at gas stations, which I don't recommend. Okay. Because you're probably not going to get a high quality oil. Good to know. It, don't buy my essential oils from gas stations. Don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't want to judge all gas sure, stations. Sure. They're not all created equal. We got some that sell some really nice quality beer. Why wouldn't they sell quality oil? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. Just, that's just not going to be my first pick. Yeah. You wouldn't but it's because it's accessible. It's easy and it's accessible, and and you have a lot of people that are, you have a lot of people that are producing it, which means you run into the other risk of having heavily diluted or oils that have been blended with toxins, and uh, they're they're not as they're not as safe. So if somebody were to take lavender from their yard and infuse it into olive oil, mm-hmm. what would be the steps to do that, and what, what could they then? How could they then use it afterwards? Um, well, so it would depend. Um, it would depend on on what your game plan was. You can, most people want to harvest the flowering tops, right? Um, because that's where a lot of the aroma is. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of medicine in the leaves. So it depends on what you're looking for as far as a scent. If you're looking for that real light, soft, lovely lavender, then you would want to harvest the blooms Um, and if you were planning to infuse it in an oil again depending on how you wanted to use it and we'll just say olive oil because it's a good safe carrier oil um, then you have a couple of options one you could harvest your blooms and set it out on some type of screen so that it can kind of air out a little bit Um, and then you would put it into uh, olive oil you would really want to just put enough oil to cover whatever you have in there. So if you only get a handful of blooms, then that's what you'd put in your jar and you'd cover it. And then as the season goes, you can continue to collect and continue to cover. Um, You can do a a heat infusion by putting it in your crock pot. Um, You can do a solar infusion by putting it in a jar and putting it in the window. Um, You can do a, a... moon infusion people like to infuse by the moon depends on what your jam is again that's like a whole energetics thing um so there's several different ways to do it if you were going to use fresh plant material though and wanted to bypass putting it on a screen right because you just couldn't help yourself and you were eager to get it in there um, then you wouldn't want to cap it um, because then you trap moisture and that will make your oil rancid and it mm. will grow all manner of bacteria. Sure. So you would want to cover it with some type of breathable lid, so to speak. So a, a coffee filter or a or a muslin cloth or uh, even just a towel, just something that would allow the moisture to escape. Um, and then ideally, if you if you've done it where you've taken the time to dry it, which I feel is best because you really need to move the oil around. So those have actually been infusing for years. Wow, that's <laughs> most great. people yeah most people only fuse for a couple weeks and that's okay too, or a couple months, mm-hmm. uh, depending again on what you're infusing and what your game plan is. But if you've got a lid, then it allows you every time you walk by to shake it. So I'm pretty sure I started that fennel in 2013. I still pick it up and I shake it. This year, that plant will get pulled out and fresh fennel will get put in um, just because I I don't require a high use for fennel. So I figure I might as well just keep planting it and putting, you know, keep infusing it with fresh plant material. Um, So that would really be the process is you would want to ideally 
again, if you were not going to screen it, whatever material you use, be it the leaves or the flowers, put that in, cover it with oil, put a, a, a breathable top, and then, but it's really better for stuff that has a lot of moisture in it to give it at least an evening, mm. um, like dandelions. I infuse dandelions right now. I mean, they're everywhere. You can infuse dandelions for, for the entire summer and get you a great oil, um, but they hold a lot of moisture. So I usually will bring them in and put them on a screen and let them uh, dry overnight. They still, even overnight, will have moisture. Sometimes I may forget about them. Uh, the thing is, though, is if you forget about dandelions, they'll poof up on you. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. They're not attached, right? Sure, so you sure. can't waste a whole lot of time. But overnight, usually, they'll have enough time. to. It will have pulled some of the moisture. You can toss them in and... Same thing. You can do it. You can infuse it in a crock pot or put it in. Solar jars are easy for me because yeah. I'm dealing with a large amount. Um, if I'm making like some of these things that I make, I infuse with a crock method. So um, if you were going to do that method, again, you have a couple different ways where you could put plant material actually in your crock pot. If you are able to measure the heat, you, you don't want to burn or boil your stuff. Mm. Um, so some things I can put straight into the crock. Uh, other times I may put it into a mason jar and submerge it in water in the crock. Um, and so that way the crock serves to heat it and will activate uh, and open up the cell wall so that it releases its aromatics and its medicine. Um, but again, too, it depends on the plant material you're working with. Like um, rosemary is a real resinous plant. Or if you're working with barks, with high resin, those require a different level of heat. So like those things you would actually need to put in the oven first. And mm -hmm. That way that heat almost makes them sweat. For yeah. lack of a better term. Sure. Right? So then it would release the resin and it would start to get really warm. And then you'd submerge it in some oil. And then it's like, <sighs> and then all of a sudden all that stuff gets put out into your oil. So if you do that, and, and, and again, that could be, that could suffice for you. Yeah. Right? As far as that one. But I usually take it out and then pack it with more. Um, especially if I know it's not something that I'm going to be using right away. But if it's something I'm using right away, it'll get strained off and then um, bottled. I have several things that I'm infusing all year long, um, but other things like that fennel that I'll just pack and it'll be ready when I want it. And I can use that on food if I want, or I can use that on the skin if I want. Um, but it'll be full of all kinds of wonderful medicine and aromatics by the time I get to it. So it really just depends on, it depends on the person. Yeah, that's great. So once you've uh, done that with the lavender and the olive oil, what then would be some uses that ah. you would recommend? Okay, well, lavender is a lovely aromatic that does all kinds of great things. Most people just think of it as a relaxant, mm -hmm. um, but it's antimicrobial, it's antifungal, it's antiviral. Um, so it actually helps like if you, um, wanted to massage that on your chest at night, if you felt like you were starting to get stuffy or congested, right? It actually has its own natural, uh, and I, I believe I'm telling you accurately, but I'm pretty sure that it contains a bit of camphor in it, right? So again, it would help in way of opening up the lungs. It would help you to be able to breathe, um, and you could use some of it uh, on the tips of your hair if you wanted. You could use it to rub it into your fingers for dry skin. Um, lavender helps deter bugs. 
So if you were going to go out in the woods with you and your dogs, you could put some on your dog's coat and you could put some on you too. Um, it's not as strong as it would be if you did like a synergistic blend and mixed it with some other things. But lavender can stand on its own as far as deterring, um, especially if you had a, if you created a really fragrant infusion, um, then it would do pretty well to ward off mosquitoes, mild, mild mild season of mosquitoes sure uh which we'll see how this season goes with mosquitoes love moisture. me okay. i don't know if they love that has you to do with your blood type you know i didn't know that no yeah, yeah. is it it's all blood type i thought it was just because i was a sweaty stinky guy well okay so they like they like certain blood types don't ask me they like certain blood types lice like certain blood types right so they is this a bad time as I'm sitting in your house? Is this a bad time to let you know how mad my life is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it I is. make something for that. Okay, so if good. so, it's okay. I'll be good. spraying We're down everything. Then. And then make sure you've got something in your hands before you leave. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so where, where were we before we were saying that? Sorry, I was talking about lice, but you were talking about um, talking about mosquitoes and lavender. lavender. Yeah, so it can help It can help repel some some critters. How do you feel about DEET? I don't like DEET. I heard it works pretty great, though. <laughs> well, but why would you use it when there's plants that have uh, constituents that work better than DEET and don't harm you right. or your body or I've your, heard crazy, or I've heard bad, bad stuff about DEET, and I realized that it was in a lot of the stuff that I was using like all the time for getting out in the yard and stuff like that. So I try to avoid DEET now. Yeah, yeah. So DEET is... Uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to poo-poo anybody's products. Okay? Sure, so I won't sure. name any. Sure, sure. But DEET is highly, it's, it's toxic. It is, it is. So yeah. it, you don't want to put anything unnecessarily. Toxic on, on yourself. You yeah. or your body or your on, or, or on your animals, right? And a lot of people spray down their animals with DEET products too. So there's a lot of natural things that work. Um, American beautyberry, actually, which is a native plant that we have, is a wonderful plant. The uh, and you can use the entire plant, but the leaves and the stems in particular help deter ticks, fire ants, uh, mosquitoes. I use it in my critter remitter. Um, it's wonderful, and it actually smells. I like the way it smells. It almost has a citronella. Um, which citronella is actually a fragrance. People, I mean, there is a plant called citronella, but citronella is a fragrance. Mm. It's a, um, you know, there's a chemical composition if you're referring to citronella. Here's the thing. <laughs> a lot of those were m made to replicate plants, right? But when you have a product that allows for cons chemical consistency, then you've got something that ends up on the shelves because people can depend on its predictability. When it comes to plants, you even if you knew the great plants, if you couldn't find that plant that year, then you're at the mercy of Mother Nature, right? So that's why we've got these products that have evolved over time. Beyond, like Skin So Soft was a pretty mellow and safe, natural product. For us, that's what we always used, really, until... Maybe in my early 20s when it seemed like our bugs got a lot stronger mm. and uh, a lot more aggressive. Um, I've never really been one to use off ever. I've never liked the way even it smelled before I knew anything about DEET. There was something that r repelled me yeah, yeah. in those sprays. Um, and not that I haven't used them. I could just remember mainly using them like around my feet. 
Um, but I try to stick away from those. Oh, that was what we how we got d- distracted. We were talking about the blood types. Yes. You said because you thought you were sweaty and stinky. Yeah. They do like stinky feet. Oh, okay. So well, if you, you have strong odor that comes from your feet. Yeah, yeah. Or strong odor from your pits. Yeah. Then more than likely they're going to be attracted to you. Um, I, I consume a lot of garlic. That helps. That helps repel them? Yeah. Okay, I love because garlic. where does that come out of your body? It comes right out of your pores. Right out of your pores. And they don't like the smell of it. So it's a, it's a good natural. So you do that. Why not infuse garlic and lavender and then use that for your bugs? That's a good idea. <laughs> and the lavender will help cover the garlic a little bit, too, at least our noses maybe? Yeah. Okay. For sure. What made you start wanting to do jujitsu? Because that's how we actually met, was doing jujitsu, trying to kill each other on a mat <laughs> in, in a room. It's how we actually know each other, which is pretty funny. Um, well, okay. So I've always been intrigued by martial arts. Um, my first husband practiced Jeet Kune Do. And then Willow had a dream last year that she was doing martial arts. And uh, she <laughs> shared this very elaborate dream that she had. And so when we got done, I said, so am I hearing you say, and it was a very passive way, right? Or, am I hearing you say that you want to practice a martial art? And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, if we're going to do it, then we're going to do something that would actually be effective in uh, protecting you. Yeah. Um, especially being a single mom. Yeah. Uh, and have raised girls, um, very mindful, um, all the time in way of our surroundings and who we're with and thinking of, uh, protection, Mm -hmm. uh, especially for myself as well. I'm out in the woods a lot by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I'm not necessarily concerned about someone coming up on me. In fact, I'd love to be able to wrestle a bear if I had to. Honestly, that's sure, kind of sure. my thoughts is David did it. There you so go. I can do it too if I had to. I'm not asking go. for that, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, so that was kind of. <laughs> so when Willow said that she wanted to do that, I was like, okay, well, let me look into it. And um, I was familiar uh, with jujitsu and felt like it would be. A really effective form again my mind more than anything just thinking how could I equip Willow Hmm. Um, I have a tall beautiful smart young girl and um, she's eventually gonna be outside of my view immediate vision right Right. immediate reach yeah right Um, and where like her sister was always very street smart and a grappler by nature, mm-hmm. that's not Willow's temperament. Sure. So I wanted to be able to equip her to defend herself if she ever needed to. And I wanted to be equipped if if I ever needed that. So my friend Dave Hall um, had, had been training with Lionheart for a while. And I knew he was offering uh, some classes too. So I kind of asked him about his first because that's my boy. But he didn't really have anything for kids. Sure. And I was looking for something that fit was a good fit for us both. Yeah. Um, and when I went to Lionheart's page and read about uh, Coach and um, kind of understood the dynamics. I was like, mm, this this feels right. And then whenever he and I spoke and I came in there and I knew he's a believer, I knew what his heart was for yeah. that tribe, I was like, this is it for us. So yeah, yeah. we decided that that was where we were going to train and now we love it. And so that's our, and it's 
kind of our sport together is like team mom team willow you know cool and so that's that's why we started and that's why we keep going and we love it and we're getting strong and i feel confident we can go anywhere as a single mom again you know i don't have another set of eyes i'm mom and dad yeah so to know that willow is equipped has given me a sense of peace when we go somewhere and we're in a a group of people that i don't know i don't feel like i'm i need to be scoping the room all the time i feel like one willow's got a enough sense now to have an idea to know what to do and um if she needed to handle herself especially after watching her for almost a full year roll with some of these boys that are her size. I think she could handle an, an unequipped and untrained boy right? without any problems. That's so, awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking at the uh, jujitsu tournament how um, we are, you know, we're testing ourselves against tr- fellow trained people. You know, so they kind of, they kind of know what's common. So if you test yourselves against trained people, Against untrained people, ideally you do way even better. You know, all <laughs> of this would the work idea, even better. Right? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. That's right. Hopefully. And and you and you mentioned it on on uh, Saturday when we were talking. You know that if you're going against a man who's who's larger than you, just because he's bigger than you and because he's a man, you know, the bone yeah. density alone and like you said, the testosterone yeah. alone, he's still going to have that physical advantage. But because of the training and because of all the repetition you've gone through, mm. you've made yourself at least a much more difficult target. Yes. And and these cowards that, you know, perpetrate any kind of violence against somebody that's weaker than them, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for an easy target. Absolutely. So you're making yourselves hard targets, and to me, that's that's one of the smartest things you can do. And uh, jiu-jitsu is a super cool and fun thing that you can kind of go full tilt and hopefully not get injured too too much. <laughs> right. And, uh, and just kind of, you know, simulate murder over right. and over until you're really good at it and you're not afraid anymore. So Right, yeah. It's yeah. a cool thing, it for sure. It is a cool thing. First question that I wanted to come back to, I forgot to ask you, um, what is your opinion? I'll tell you mine. What is your opinion on uh, CBD, which is the non-psychoactive element that is in cannabis that you're now seeing is legal in Alabama to be sold or whatever? What, what's your opinion on that? Um, so, again, CBD is kind of like essential oils. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, there's some legitimate medicine in it. Yeah. Um, you know, with hemp, which is the male plant, right? So um, there's still THC in there. Mm-hmm. So let's clarify that. Like yeah. people have it in their mind that there's none of that. Yeah, um, yeah. But there is. Okay. That's what that's what allows it to serve as a nervine to help relax you, mm, right? Mm. Um, so there's some benefits to it. I, I think that people need to be careful. I think a lot of people are, again, they're already using it too frequently and abusing it. I, I have CBD oil. I use it on occasion. I'm not a daily user of CBD oil. Um, <laughs> cannabis is an es- a phytoestrogenic plant, so people need to be careful, especially men. Um you continue to use cannabis long term, even if it's CBD. And I, again, I'll 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 say this very um, with with great reservation because yeah. there would be some pushback to the remark. Um, but if people kind of like with beer, 
also phytoestrogenic. If you're consuming something that's phytoestrogenic on a regular basis, your testosterone levels are going to go down. Your estrogen levels are going to increase. So where if it's used short term, right, or in really small doses, um, it can be very effective. Um, I just think it's one of those things that not everybody needs to be using. It's not something that needs to be used every day. Um, and to a degree, some of it is a bit of a placebo effect. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of CBD oil that's on the market right now that um, people don't know where it's even where it comes from, yeah. where it's derived, or what the spectrum is. So I, it's one of those that you have to proceed with caution. It'd be great if cannabis were just legal and people could grow that in their yard, same thing, and infuse their own oils, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but because that isn't the situation, then you are trusting that the filtration and all of that, the distillation of that is done in a manner that allows you, one, to get the medicine that you're actually looking for. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure that all of it actually has that because it's a it's one of those, it's brand new. So to even regulate, um, and a lot of it too is, you know, there... <sighs> There's got, there has to be a level of guess, guesswork. There's a science to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and our government's been um, studying that plant since the 1800s. Right, you know, right. It's in some of our old U.S. pharmacopias, um, pages of it, actually. Yeah. So it's not like it's, it's um, not been looked into. I just think that it's one of those things that needs to, people just need to proceed with caution. Yeah. Like with anything, anything can be used or abused. Um, so I, I'm not, I think, I think it's great that people can get their hands on it. Right. And I think that it has some legitimate uses. I just, I have a hard time with any plant or product being promoted as a, as a cure-all, heal-all, be-all, end-all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm really a strong believer everything was created through Christ. So including cannabis, that was created through Christ. The chemical components and constituents are legit. But if you're not careful and it's not used with wisdom and discernment, then you run the risk of... Um, <laughs> You just run the risk again of just use, abuse, and overuse. So I'm not against it. I think it's great. Um, I just think that people need to proceed with caution. You know, people are giving it to their animals and they're giving it to their children. And um, and again, it's okay to do those things in in small amounts. I just I think it's one of those that people. It's just it's a really fine line. It's a really fine line. Yeah. So I feel like I kind of spoke out of two sides of my mouth, and maybe to a degree I I am. Um, because I, I feel, but I feel that way about a lot of plants, yeah. not just CBD. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. So it's one of those where it's like, it's a, it's a bittersweet. Yeah. It's a bittersweet. So I guess my opinion is really kind of mixed on it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've really answered your no, question no, it, there. No, th no, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. My um, experience with it has been the first time I bought it, um, I woke up and a lot of times I wake up with tons of tightness in my neck. Mm -hmm. Like I just feel like my collarbones are just glued to my earlobes, you know, and I just got to get that down, just pull that down. And then um, the small of my back, I've got a, a herniated and degenerative disc. Okay. So, um, you know, I try not to take Advil. I try not to take Tylenol, I ibuprofen, all that kind of stuff. Um, I maybe, maybe once a month I'll have something like, I'm just like, all right, my back has been on fire for 12 hours now. I got to do something, right. you know? And so I'll take some ibuprofen, Tylenol, something like that. But uh, otherwise I'm just trying to, through stretching, 
keep keep myself in good shape, you know, right. so that maybe one day there's going to be uh, some kind of medical procedure that'll get me good as new because I haven't had a ton of back surgeries or a ton of injections of steroids and stuff like that. So I've tried CBD. The very first time I tried it, I was like, this is a miracle. This is amazing. My back feels awesome. All my ligaments actually feel like they're the, they're the length that they need to be and right. that kind of thing. Uh, and then I bought it again and it just seemed like I was almost back to normal. I was, you know, you see, it just seemed like it stopped working for me. So cannabis is a plant where you can develop a tolerance. Yeah. So even in CBD, which isn't really talked about, right? But even in CBD, if you start off at a certain dose yeah. of that plant, um, then the likelihood, if you're using it on a regular basis, is that you're going to have to increase the amount that you take. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just like a beer drinker, right? Yeah. They might be able to start off, and uh, or like a young girl especially, her body uh, fat to muscle ratio looks really different, right? So when she takes one um, bottle of, you know, consumes one bottle of beer, she's done. Right, but right. She did that every day. Eventually, that one bottle of beer is going to be like a bottle of water. Right, right. And it's the same for CBD. Yeah. So there, there is a there is a tolerance that can come with it. It doesn't mean that it's not still working. Mm. Um, but as far as feeling, right. So mm -hmm. that's kind of like to, um, so like the oils we were talking about earlier, as far as infusing, um, a lot of times because people are used to that such a strong aromatic response when they open the bottle that they think if they're going to infuse it, it's going to have that same and mm, it doesn't and yeah. so they think oh well it doesn't smell like the other it must not be as good <laughs> no it, it just it doesn't show up the same yeah so it's the same for the cbd you still have thc in that cbd oil um and so when you aren't used to having any of that in your body your body responds to it right away like whoa even if it's only three percent granted three percent is not going to be enough to get you high mm -hmm. right uh especially when it's um diluted to create a, a tincture which is basically what you're taking as that oil or an elixir to really be a little more accurate but mm. um, when you're taking it like that when you first take it in a system that's never had it um, it is it's like whoa this is amazing and yeah your body feels it really differently but once your body starts to take it in and recognize that chemical then it's like oh well I know what to do with it right so it just like it's still doing the same thing it's not it's just not as wow. Yeah. Kind of like the oils, you can open the bottle. It doesn't smell as wow, but it's still doing what it's made to do. It still has all the same medicine in it. Speaking of bittersweet, I am drinking the tea that you made me. Yeah. And it is so complex. Yes, it is. It is amazing. So what is all this? of my concoctions are rather complex. I like a uh, I like a complex flavor profile. This has some Chinese angelica, which I did not harvest. Oh, I love no. Chinese angelica. Do you? <laughs> Dong no Qua is what it's known as, actually. Well, it's phytoestrogenic. Okay. Um, so know that you're getting a little bit of an, an estrogen boost. Oh, good, good. good. My you wife have, will appreciate that. Well, she, you have estrogen and testosterone in your body. That's we, right. We have both. We, you know, we, we associate those hormones with male or female, but we both have them. Yeah. Um, so it's got some dandelion in here. It's got dandelion leaf and blossom. It has some violet leaf and blossom. It has some plantain. has some 
cleavers, has a little bit of ground ivy, and then I infused some green tea this morning to make my first batch of kombucha. I've never made kombucha, but I decided I was doing that today because I spend way too much on pooch. Sure. So I have some green tea with some honey, and I'm trying to think if there's anything. Oh, there's some licorice, some licorice root in here. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm red tasting... clover. That's the other thing. Okay. Red clover. It's yeah. very good. It's so good. Thanks. I like it. So again, see, it's a it's mm, mild, good. but it's got a great right. Like if if you had each one of these herbs on its own and just infused it, it would be really mild in flavor. In mm. fact, it would just have a hint of flavor. You put them all together, yeah, and it's like yeah, nice. So one thing that I've heard a lot of stuff about recently is people talking about how bad deodorant most mainstream deodorant is for you for your pores for your entire like uh you know system elimination. yes elimination system mm-hmm. how bad is deodorant and what can people do instead um well it depends on the deodorant you're using yeah um a, a good chunk of the concern is aluminum so you have a lot of aluminum that's aluminum. what it was yeah that's what it was. you have a lot of lymph nodes that sit right here in the armpit right yeah. So you have to think in way of elimination. You're you're putting something over to eliminate toxins from the body, mm. right? That sits right on top of a lymph system that's right here by the heart and it's right here by the lungs and it's where the stuff from your face. I mean, lymph is what's responsible for moving fluid throughout your body so and this is a really large space with a nice bundle Mm. um so most most people are concerned with the baking soda because baking soda is an aluminum byproduct most people don't know that no i didn't know so unless you're using an organic baking soda um then you you do expose yourself to aluminum and aluminum's been connected to all manner of health issues. One in particular is Alzheimer's. Mm. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that you have to make a choice as far as what you're looking for. Um, Really, any (laughs) hair product, lotion product, deodorant, if it's got a list of ingredients that are this long and you can't pronounce half of them, right, you probably just shouldn't use it. Yeah. Um, So... There's easy ways to make your own deodorant. Um, you don't have to wear deodorant in Europe. It's like most people don't use it. Yeah. Although, let's face it, not all of our chemistry is the same, right? And right. B- based on my pheromones and yours, you might create an odor that I don't care for. Whereas the next person, I'm going to be like, dang, they smell fine, right? And that's yeah. just a pheromone thing. Um, your dog is is. Uh, can is you move your snoring? mic? Can you move your mic just a little she's, bit closer? Is she snoring? This, in the, the snoring, yeah, the snoring is uh, <laughs> is hilarious and cute He's and so awesome. Sweet. That is the I cutest thing. I can move her ever. if I need no, to. No, please do not. Please um, do not. So that's that's really that's the concern for for most people. So um, a lot of times, though, it's a mineral deficiency. If you're sweating that badly, then um, sometimes it could be that you're zinc deficient or magnesium deficient. Um, and that's those are simple things that you can just alter with your diet. Um, you could even supplement if you're not willing to find foods with said mm-hmm. uh, chemicals. Um, but typically, uh, and I have just found this to be. Cons- I don't have any. 
I don't have any data, okay? Sure. I've just found as a body worker working really close to bodies and smelling all different body types, people who are heavy coffee can, coffee drinkers typically have a stronger body odor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure what it has to do. Coffee is a natural diuretic. Yeah. So it may be that there is a chemical in the coffee that causes your body to be stripped of magnesium and swiftly run that through the system. I don't know. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't have any data on that. Sure. But I know that for my people that drink multiple cups of coffee, their body odor is strong. Sure. Their armpits smell strong. Their feet smell strong. Yeah. So if it's just something as simple as backing off the coffee, which I actually shared this with one of the gentlemen of jujitsu and what his response was. So what I'm hearing you say is I need to wear more deodorant. <laughs> I really kind of meant more of back off some of the coffee. Um, so you can wear deodorant. Um, but if you're going to, if you're looking for um, natural deodorants, like I do, I do put baking soda in my natural deodorants. Um, I have some that, that have a little more uh, than others. One Baking soda helps absorption. Mm. That's why I use it. And it also prevents smell. Um, so being one who's up close and personal with people all the time, I don't want to smell. Yeah. Um, although my mom says I smell a bit like uh, the earth would, or or composting leaves. which is Hey, thanks, mom. That's what I said. So you, you're saying that I smell like compost, which is because I like patchouli. And one of my blends, it has like patchouli and cedar. It's real earthy. Yeah. My mom does not like, and it's actually called earth muffin. And I said, mom, it's because you've never liked hippie. And right, right, right. I smell like a hippie. <laughs> uh, but everybody else that loves those flavors, when I walk in, they can smell it. And they're like, oh my gosh, it smells amazing. So yeah. again, it has to do with, pheromones and scent preference i gotta cut down on my coffee then i think i think how many cups of coffee do you drink a day? usually two to three large cups of uh, coffee when you say yeah. large do you mean like this size yeah like that big so this really holds about two cups okay so four cups of coffee then every day so you're drinking four cups of coffee a day yeah Yay, yeah you, i'll, calm, I'll you, calm that down a little bit yeah maybe that tea will be good for you though because there's some natural uh, magnesium and zinc in the tea you're amazing. You you could sense it. You I could just, sense I, it as I walked in. I knew here. you were going to need it. I didn't say you smelled, though. No. I didn't say Hopefully you smelled. Not. Hopefully not. <laughs> That's too cool. But yeah, you should research. Like, look at look at your product. Like, um, even deodorants, they should have minimal ingredients. Yeah. Um, you know, arrowroot powder is something that's great to use in lieu. Um, you can actually dust arrowroot powder on. Yeah. Uh, and it helps in way of ab ab absorption. Yeah. Um, and will help cut down. So if you were looking to like really eliminate deodorant, that could be something. Some people use uh, vinegar on a cotton swab because uh, vinegar is a natural deodorizer. Uh, and then some people do use essential oils. Um, so if you were into that and wanted to smear yourself in some of them, if you're going to do that, put it in a carrier oil, please. Yeah. Weight it down or, or water well, it down dilute or it. dilute it. Yeah. yeah you need to I dilute mean, yeah. it because, you know, essential oils are really volatile. That's what they were originally called. Volatile oils, right? Because they have volatile oils and some of them can burn you mm -hmm. and some of them can be dangerous to yeah. directly on the skin. Sure, so, sure. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to put a flame up to your skin on a regular basis. So you don't put oregano oil right up on your skin, right? Mm -hmm. Or or cayenne oil yeah. right up on your skin. Like you dilute those things. Yeah. Ginger oil. 
So, um, yeah. Speaking of uh, Cayenne, um, in closing, you helped me out with a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, not a balm or you just like a salve or something. The troubleshooter. The troubleshooter. This boy. Yeah. Yes, it's got cayenne and it's got letters so small that you can hardly read anything because of the letters. I mean, the labels. <laughs> but the words are like actual words I know, you know? They're right. not like monoluminating chromium. Right. Like, yeah. I'm going to use, forgive my old eyes here. I say that. Yeah, like everything on here you should be able to recognize. EVO. Do you know what EVO is? No, what is that? Extra virgin oh, olive oil. Oh, extra virgin olive oil, of course. It's the number okay. one ingredient in here. <laughs> right? Sweet almond oil, because we're not eating it. This has licorice in it. Nice. Right? So that's a part of the fragrance in it. Turmeric, arnica, fenugreek, ginger root, cayenne. This does have essential oils of oregano and peppermint, uh, as well as rosemary. Min- minute amounts, but... Yeah. Um, but it does have some of those in there. But everything else, minus the licorice root, I did not forge the licorice root, but like the fin, and I didn't forge the fenugreek, but I did infuse, like all the oils in here were infused by me. Um, and several of them were harvested by me. So, too cool. Yeah. I'm glad that it, it did help you. Did it help it you? It did. It did. What I, what I felt when I put it on is my ankle, which is like in the, super tight sensitive weak stage of i twisted my ankle so bad i pretty much ripped it off but when i used your troubleshooter stuff it felt warm and loose if i just had to describe it, it's just like all right this is warm and loose yeah you know perfect that's what it does the the oils in there are warming oils yeah the peppermint is a cooling oil mm. um but the rest of them are warming oils um so the peppermint gives it an icy hot there you go. I was like, yeah, this this feels like icy hot, but without like the chemical burn. Yeah. Right. Well, good job. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad it helped. You said that you and your wife used it on your neck afterwards. Yeah. That helped too. Yeah, we both have like we both have terrible posture, and we both like keep our shoulders like way up by our ears, and we just, we sit and at our jobs all day. You know that kind of, she's a teacher. I'm I'm editing most of the time on a computer, so. Um, yeah, it's, it's important to, to learn that physical, you know, yoga stuff, but, and then try to, you know, it stay as natural as you can, you know, yeah. like we both try to do that and we try to stay away from like, cause that stuff is super medicine, like it works. So you want to be able to have it for when you need it, right. not be already pushed to the limit Correct. in your twenties or thirties or forties or fifties even. It's right. like, all right, we need to give them something in the hospital let's give him the real deal stuff because right. he really needs it kind of thing right so. and that's when you want it to work yeah right yeah. You, you want go. it you want if you're not if your nerves aren't dulled out because there's been something pushed through it all the time yeah when you need something like that then it'll work just like aspirin if you don't use aspirin all the time you really only need one yeah totally at least that's my experience i don't I don't hardly ever use it unless I have like a migraine. And usually I just need one because I don't hardly ever take it. So that's the beauty of like over-the-counter medications are are, there's a time and a place, right? Uh, Western medicine, there is a time and a place. Like if I'm going to have major surgery, I want access to major drugs. I don't, you know? Yeah. Um, Not that I don't think that I couldn't get into a state of meditation (laughs) and prayer to see me through it if I had to. Sure. But if I have the choice to be put under while you have to cut on something, I'm going to want the big pharma drugs. There you go. So time, time and place. Yeah. Time and place. For sure. In, in all things. 
So how can um cuz you do a you do concoction classes? Yes. Uh as at times, what would be a good place um to for people to find you and then just kind of on their own time, where's a good like resource for like information as far if people want to try to start doing some of this stuff on their own too? Um well, we, we have a few really great um instructors here it depends on what they're looking to learn. Mm-hmm. Um I um have, Fortunate, have been fortunate this past year to have Daryl Patton, who's known as the Southern Herbalist, as my mentor. Oh, he cool. has a school, uh, Phyllis Light. Uh, she is um, trained, her, both she and Daryl trained under a gentleman named Tommy Bass. Um, and so both of them are well-versed in Appalachian folk medicine. So if you were looking for uh, herbalism in particular, Daryl or Phyllis are cool. who are close at hand that I would recommend. Yeah. Uh, and maybe at some point down the road, I will feel equipped enough to uh, be held and set esteem. Um, for me, as far as if people wanted to get in touch with me, I'm on Instagram as the Concoction Queen. Make sure you put the because I've since learned there's a couple of posers that posers have created an account. There. Right? Come on, like make your own name up. <laughs> um, at some point, I'm putting a concoction book together. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I'll have a recipe book, and I actually have several books. I would, but if I promote that, it'll be on Instagram. <laughs> cool. So that cool. that really would be the best. Yeah, your your Instagram is amazing, and Thanks. I I just read like two three posts, and I'm just like, all right, I got to talk to this lady. She she puts together some amazing meals and amazing. I don't want to call it medicine. <laughs> In this house, you can call it okay, medicine. Okay, well, you put together amazing. We're meals. not responsible outside of these walls for what people call it. There you go. In this house, we call it food medicine. Okay. And it is that's amazing. Like you're throwing, you're grabbing stuff from your yard and putting it in your yeah, breakfast. And I'm right. like, that looks amazing and delicious. So, and it is. Yeah. And it's good for you. And it's good for you. Yeah. And it gives you all the nutrients and minerals that you need. And God put it right outside your door. No market required, no money, and no market required. That's my jam. That's it for this episode. All the links, more information, and more episodes can be found at Adler.tv. This week's featured nonprofit is the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, They work to make life better for kids with critical illnesses by granting wishes. For children battling a critical illness, a wish come true can be a turning point in their lives and give them a little more emotional and physical strength to keep fighting. So whether it's a trip to Disney or becoming a pilot or becoming a car designer for a day or meeting their favorite athlete or celebrity. It's a huge break from hospitals and exams for the child and their family. So to donate, volunteer, or for more info, go to wish.org. Next week, my guest is a husband and wife that sold everything they have to move into a tiny RV and live on the open road. Sierra and Sam traveled the U.S. for almost a year, jumping from national parks to hot springs, from Florida to California. And next week, Sierra is going to tell me what it's like to live the van life. Thanks for watching, for listening, commenting, liking, sharing, and for caring. See you next Thursday. This has some Chinese angelica, which I did not harvest. Oh, I love Chinese angelica. Do you?